0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.
1: I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is... Jordan. Jesse. Go! tricycles, ice cream, candy. Lollipops, popsicles,
0: logistics. Salmon, friendly, raggedy, and Tweedledum and Tweedledee, home free. la, 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 la.
1: This week Jordan and I rock out with the rock and roll star Andrew WK plus Jordan beat a video game. Let's go. Welcome to Jordan Jesse Go, I Jesse Thorne America's radio sweetheart. And I, Jordan Morris, boy detective. I don't know. I thought I'd try caveman talk that time. Fair enough. You know, what can you do? You just got to try stuff. Thanks for tuning in to Magic Talk Box. Uh, speaking of trying stuff, we're trying out celebrating the 4th of July on February 26th. Is that today? Ish. Something like that. Well, we're just shooting off fireworks. Hey, we're celebrating the Oscars.
0: <laughs> That's right. We're celebrating glamour.
1: Yeah. I um. Do you even watch the Oscars?
0: Uh, I like, um, let me, t- I'm trying to think about what I've done for the Oscars. I went to, uh, I, one Oscars that stands out is when I went to a big gay party. Uh-huh. So much fun. That's the way to watch the Oscars. Gayly. If, if you know some gays.
1: Uh, Teresa's cousin Not, loves entertainment. We, we talk about that? We went over to her house one time and I watched the Oscars and... It still didn't do anything for me. Uh, what I wonder is when they have, like, when they hire, I guess your old boss, Ellen DeGeneres, is hosting this year. She but is. When they hire, like, Chris Rock, and then everyone complains about it afterwards. Yeah. Like, you hired Chris Rock. <laughs> right. Like, are you familiar with Chris Rock at all?
0: Yeah, I don't know what people want someone to do for that yeah like a, i mean it was the same with letterman it was like God, Letterman I, just went and did i thought he was great i thought he was hilarious me i mean i remember them I mean, what were we when that happened were we i don't know 12 10, or 10 or 11 yeah. something I, yeah i mean i remember laughing my 10 year old butt off i guess they just should just hire steve
1: martin because yeah i mean he's, i remember steve martin doing a good job he's good enough and mm-hmm. he's he's old enough that he yeah. won't offend anyone anyway. and uh we'll do it anyway So uh, the High Five contest continues apace, by the way. And I I know we talk about the High Five contest every week, but it's because every week there are new revelations.
0: Yeah, people are finding new and innovative ways to high five. Really, they're they're like breaking the boundaries that we set for them. Like we we set these rules and people are just thinking outside the box and it's really great. It's It's really exciting.
1: It's like being on a rocket ship and leaving High Five orbit. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you know, your face is going pressed back because of the G-forces of the high-five innovation. Somebody posted a picture of a local, them high-fiving a local Fresno uh, landmark. You know what this landmark is? It's like a six and a half foot tall palm. People have been asking me, when is the high-five contest going to end? When is the stop date? Mm -hmm. I've not picked a stop date. If I announced a stop date previously, then uh, I'd take it back. Yeah, I think just maybe the, the, the litmus test is when
0: it starts to feel like it's getting stale. Yeah, and I when feel people, like when there's the, new when innovations. The, yeah, when when innovation is gone and when people are just going through the high-five motions, then it's it's time to stop.
1: Jordan, can I ask you a question? Yes. Well, we've been talking about innovations, and uh, I think that leads me to think of milestones. Sure. And I know that you had a milestone this week uh, in your life. Oh, are we talking about me beating Gears of War? Yes, we are talking about you beating Gears of War? I was
0: hoping that's what you were talking about. Yeah, um, I, I've been working at it for a while, and it's the big, um, you know, it's kind of the big Xbox 360 game these Wh- what days. What happens
1: in this game? Is this
0: uh, you are a guy who shoots aliens? Okay, gotcha. it's not. It's not real, real complicated, and it's, um, and you know, this is a game that kind of is supposed to uh, kind of tide people over until the next Halo game comes out. Is kind of the idea of it, I think. Um. And it's a it's it's a beautiful game. It's a really a stunning graphically stunning game, and um, and you know it just plays real nice and it's action packed. And um, what was I going to say about it? Okay, oh, okay. So I played through the one player campaign and finished it and had a really nice time. Fought a giant spider uh, and boss. Little disappointing, um, but but still a really fun game. Um, and kind of my next. Thing is, I'm video games for me have always kind of been a, a solitary activity. Um, I know for a while in college, me and Jim played Mega Man together, and that was basically as.
1: Um, I remember a period where you were obsessed with playing Worms over the network.
0: Yeah, yeah. Me and Jim, but for the most part, kind of a video game is something that I do kind of by myself. It's it's quiet time.
1: I uh-huh. mean, uh, despite it's how you
0: unwind right, despite being kind of loud, something loud and violent. Yeah. usually it is it does kind of qualify as as quiet time for me um and so so i beat this gears of war and it was pretty fun and kind of the way the way that people say i need to play it is is over the internet like i need to hook up to to xbox live and you know play people you know all With over your the headset world on. yeah i'll have a headset on and i just a trash don't Trash talking headset yeah i just don't like video games are quiet time for me like i don't know if i want to play and just have someone calling me a faggot while I do it, <laughs> you know. Like I don't know if I'm ready to pay, you know, ten bucks a month just to have someone, you know, be homophobic at me while I while I play video games. But I maybe I I don't know. So I mean, if anybody out there has any opinion on online gaming, whether it makes it more, uh, uh you know, fulfilling or not, please let me know. Because I, I, kind of what I was getting at is I'm a little I was left a little. Um, cold by Gears of War While I, I recognize it as a very, very fun game I can't seem to get as hyped about it as Most other people did I mean, it was basically on everyone's best of the year list It was basically, you know, other than the new Zelda game Was kind of the most heralded game last year And I'm, I'm a little, you know, anemic about it But I'm wondering if I should go that extra step In, in, in doing it online And how will that affect
1: Game as Quiet Time? <laughs> That's. I think that's an interesting quandary you find yourself yeah. in. Yeah, The only network game I've ever played uh, against other people on a network was in middle school in the computer lab at my middle school, uh, which was a Mac computer lab. They had a game called Bolo, mm-hmm. where you were this little tank that you had to drive around. That's the only network video game I've ever played. Hmm. All In other news, I've never beat a video game in my entire life. Really? You've never... Never finished never finished a video game in and granted many of the video games that i've owned in my life have been sports games which sure. definitionally cannot be beat. Right. Um however i was You don't, say, wait, you don't like win the world series or something? That's not
0: Well, you can the end win the game.
1: world series, but it doesn't end the game. I mean, you just have another year where okay. you may or may not win the world series. I mean, i've certainly um, you know, say uh, 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 I've played uh, – I the, I'm a, like sometimes like to unwind by playing a baseball simulator game called Baseball Mogul mm-hmm. where you have to, like, trade players and stuff. Sure. And sure, I have mogul status. <laughs> I've got a lot of mogul points. Right. But uh, there's no beating that game. gotcha. But I've been playing... There's no thing to shoot in the head signifying the end of the game. I've been playing Grand Theft Auto uh, Vice City, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you've heard of that game. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I did hear of that game (laughs) 10 years ago when it came out. So anyway, uh, my uh, girlfriend's little brother... Did it come out 10 years ago? No, it was like five years ago. No, not even six or seven, like five. And uh, 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 my girlfriend's little brother bought a uh, PlayStation Two on eBay used, mm-hmm. and it came with a bunch of games, including the Grand Theft Auto games. Now he is thirteen, and he's not allowed to play the Grand Theft Auto games. That's a that's a, a good policy. Yeah, I think it's fair, but you know, I don't I don't know if I agree, but. Um, he, he's a he's a good kid with a good sense of morals. I think he right. would be fine if he played it, but you he's know he's not going to jack anybody's shit. No, he isn't. I mean, he might, but it won't be because of the Grand Theft Auto. No. Because because That's of some chemical major imbalance. some major collapse in his life, sure. That you know we would didn't lead him to, to jacking see. some shit exactly. But um, I, I so I got Grand Theft Auto Vice City from him as a as a gift. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want Grand Theft Auto Vice City? And, not allowed to play it. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, and if you come visit us in L. A., you can play it with us. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I I stole all the cars to complete the car dealership. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I was pretty proud of myself. I've beat at least twenty of the missions. I would say
2: that's pretty a, good. I have I... a
1: crime empire. <laughs> that's a good thing to have. I'm starting to get to a point though where I I have to admit that um, I'm not that in the the missions are either just too hard and just annoy me. Or uh, uh, you know, did just the driving around is just doesn't appeal to me that much anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I've never gotten really into these Grand Theft Auto games. It seems like they just have these really simple things they could fix to make it more enjoyable, but just don't because you know they're just resting on their. I mean, you know, it's already the most popular game there is basically, you know, apart from your Maddens, but
1: like making anything besides driving anything less than horrifically unwieldy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, just come on, fix the aiming people. I mean, like, like how that, that wouldn't be hard. Uh, yeah, just just some things. I, I find the stories kind of insufferable
1: too, and I have like a high tolerance for bad video game stories. And I'm am re- pr- I have to admit I'm pretty tired of uh, cutscenes that you can't skip because they're in the middle of the mission. For some reason, the cutscenes in the middle right. of the mission you can't skip. The ones you would, yeah. And it's like this awkward line reading from Edward James Olmos, <laughs> or you know, right. Luis Guzmán. People that I like, but who are being forced to do this horrifically. right who, who are
0: being who are being directed <laughs> poorly by guys who make video games. Exactly, that's and the weird part about the story in the video game is that it's written and kind of orchestrated by a guy who makes video games. You know, <laughs> which seems to be its fatal flaw. I mean, and there's you can been a really couple.
1: Tell too, right? Absolutely. I mean, they have the real. You don't. You here's know, the thing. You don't really to need to have that. I feel like those cutscenes with uh, Luis Guzman in uh, Grand Theft Auto, like I think they're almost completely superfluous to the game. Like they don't like you can have that story in the game without any cutscenes of with Luis Guzman doing an embarrassing ethnic caricature.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems to be that uh, you know that maybe the media decided for the video game community that. That things had to be cinematic. I mean, uh-huh. just, I mean, I think, I mean, I can think of countless. I mean, even like on NPR or something, there was there were things about, you know, how games are now they're playable movies. You know, they're they have to be cinematic, and I don't think, I mean, you know, like you have your Final Fantasies, like your Final Fantasy, your Japanese role playing games and stuff, where the story is a huge part of it. But I mean, I don't think that the average person, you know, paying twenty dollars for a Grand Theft Auto necessarily. Needs to have that, and I think they get uh, maybe there's a little
1: too much emphasis on them. Um, or, or in my or in my case, paying six dollars right. for a game. Yeah, that exactly. being the limit so, of the amount of money I spend on a game.
0: So it's strange.
1: It's strange that it's now a thing. The game has to have. On the plus side, uh, there is Nintendo Dogs. Yes. Which I think is an important question that we should open up, by the way, to the audience of this show. Oh, what? What? A- uh, you were telling me that you're trying to decide between two... Uh, portable video game system. Oh sure, I mean if
0: we want to talk about this on the radio show, we, we could. I mean we're game to talk about it. I, I just can. I want to open it up. Sure, absolutely. I want to just open it up. Um, yeah, I mean I I, I just kind of uh, I'm realizing that my job that I have now, my kind of new job I've had for you know a little more than a month, uh, is going to require some traveling, some plane riding, some car trips, that sort of thing. And so I'm like, hey, why not? It's time to buy a, a tiny video game system. And I recommend the Lynx, by the way, which is what I had. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Uh, maybe I'll that's that's just below the end gauge for me okay, good in uh, in my consideration list um what about the portable
1: turbo graphic sixteen yes
0: portable turbo my game gear with t v tuner okay good um, um tiger baseball Yeah, t- sure tiger baseball um <laughs> tiger l. c. d
1: carnov sure Um, so yeah, I, and... We've lost like half of the audience at this point. (laughs) Even I, I have managed to push beyond people's tolerance of video games. Me, with no knowledge of video (laughs) games.
0: Um... So, yeah, I mean, I want to get one of these little ones, um, so I'm deciding between the Game Boy DS, which has Nintendo Dogs, which is where you raise a dog and play with it and sometimes put a hat on it. Uh-huh. This is gonna, I'm gonna drop, you know, between $100 and $130 on this thing. Maybe $100 and 150 Um, or, you know, maybe a Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Micro, um, which is a little, kind of a step below, but, uh, you know, maybe between $50 and $100 and, uh. So, yeah, I'm just kind of deciding w- whether I want, you know, if I want the high end or the low end. I don't know if, how much I'm going to be playing with it. Uh, so, yeah,
1: you if know, you have any, any opinions. 206 984 fun Yes. 206 984 fun You know what, Jordan? Hmm. We have a real rock and roll star on this week's Jordan, Jesse Go. His name is... <laughs> Andrew W.K. Man, with that
0: discussion and the addition of a rock and roll star, this is shaping up to be our coolest show ever.
1: (laughs) We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go! This is Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Joining us today, a very uh, special guest, uh, rock and roll star Andrew W.K. Andrew, welcome to the show. Oh, thank thanks so much.
2: This is the first time I've not been on the telephone.
1: Yeah, that's true. I've, that's I've always true.
2: been here with you guys. I've always been in person, but I used to, we did the interviews over the phone yeah. just to get that sound. Yeah, because we we're like sitting that
1: effect face yeah. to face. It, <laughs> it has
2: so much excitement, the idea that there's... Yeah satellite people and minds all over the place. I think the telephone connects the listener
1: more right? because they're not sitting by you. That's why we use it. I mean, I consistently, people say to me, why don't you do in-studio interviews? And a lot of times they'll assume it's because... I don't want, you know, celebrities don't want to come to my house to record interviews. Right. But that's actually not the case. I actually choose to, even when they do come to my house, I choose to use the telephone.
2: Right. Because of that sound, because of the false sense of intimacy that it generates. Right. To
0: get people excited about technology. Exactly.
2: (laughs) You'd think that the intimacy would be the other way around, but really, I think no. people can relate to that telephone sound.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I've tried it all different ways. I've tried it where both of us use the same microphone uh-huh. um, to try and generate that intimacy. But You've tried walkie-talkies, uh-huh. tin can on a string. Exactly, yeah. But anyway. I've, j- I've tried recording direct to acet- acetate discs. And of course, there was that time when
2: you actually went House to house, uh-huh. conducting <laughs> the show in people's living
1: rooms. In front yeah. of them. Right. Whether or not they were home. That was how I actually ended up getting into
2: trouble. Controversial part.
1: <laughs> Andrew, you're. <laughs> D- Dave Barry didn't like it that the interview process was going to take five weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I'm really surprised to see you wearing, uh, wearing uh, like, some nice. Uh, some nice uh, Lace-up shoes and a, and a nice pair of slacks mm-hmm. and a shirt. And, and to top it all off, a khaki baseball cap.
2: I just got this down the street at that uh, Iranian- Okay, that, that good. Persian store. You, yeah. you go there a
1: lot? I've, I've been to all of these odd stores oh, <laughs> that well, are man. on our block. I went in and
2: I, I had- The first hat I saw was black. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, I'll get that because I, I used to have a hat very similar that I got in Los Angeles about four years ago. It was just a plain black hat with no- uh, no writing on it, no images, and I thought that was really nice. I used to take black hats that maybe had a an image on it, something embroidered, and I would tape over it with, with t- black tape to block it off, but then you had black tape, so right. the plain was, black You were just advertising t- for duct tape. <laughs> yeah, it was. Nobody likes that. No, but they had great hats there, and I got that one, then I got this, uh, this beige one, because uh, I figure mixing brown and... Like you said, I'm wearing brown clothes right now. Right. And mixing that with black wouldn't have been as nice. So they had this this khaki-colored one. It fits the, great.
1: The only, the only concern is that you could at any time be called into Desert Storm.
2: <laughs> I guess so. wearing that hat. I'm ready to go now. I want to blend. Sand blending. <laughs>
1: Um, okay, can I talk about this one thing that happened to me the other day before we get into the main thrust? Because I want to sure. talk about what it means to be a grown-up. I want to I talk about – uh, we have a lot of things on our plates. But um, just the other day, I went to this place called Diddy Rees, which is a store here in Los Angeles that people kept telling me I should go to. Um, which is a weird thing about Los Angeles that there's always some thing that you're supposed to go to because it has some weird quality that you just have to experience to believe.
0: <laughs> lately, it has a lot to do. Uh, lately, that that is being applied to yogurt a lot. Uh, yes, oh, so yogurt yes, yeah, there's a, lot a of Korean, special Korean special
1: yogurt, yogurt, yogurt Korean that you get yogurt. with. Yeah, it's fro- It's just frozen yogurt, and but that's actual frozen yogurt as opposed to fake ice cream with kimchi in it. it? Ta- yeah. Yes, exactly. It's pickled. It's pickled yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, we, so anyway, so we went to this Diddy Reese and what this is, is it's a store where they, they give, they make cookies there like a Mrs. Fields and they have ice cream and they put the, make you an ice cream sandwich with any kind of cookie you want and any kind of ice cream oh, you want. Wow. And it costs, and it's cool because it costs a dollar and a quarter. That's the, what's really <laughs> great about it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm standing, there's always a line there, I guess. And I'm standing there in the line and it's in Westwood, which is, uh, part of West Los Angeles that's near UCLA and is a hangout for UCLA students. Mm. Um, a lot of denim skirts, a lot of UGG boots. Yeah, Ooh. wow! It was it was like I a like that. it yeah. was like a <laughs> yes. total. It was like a total parody of itself. Like the whole neighborhood is a parody of itself. Didn't you used to like work there? You you used to perform in a theater there. Yeah,
0: I used to do do comedy uh, at a theater in Westwood and had to go there every week and uh, was a little crankier of a person because of it. Yeah,
1: it's really like if you just thought of all the uh, negative images of Los Angeles people, especially young people that you have in your head, like what a UCLA student would be like, if you went to Westwood, all your worst fears would be absolutely confirmed. Burned.
0: Although, uh, this, coo- <laughs> yeah, this cookie place you're talking about, I have been there quite a few times, and I, I, I'm g- going to go ahead and give it a thumbs up. It's, oh, yeah? a, it's a great place, definitely. So
2: Is uh, it a place I, you'd recommend I go?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, a, you know, Westwood's a little far away. It's kind of a pain in the butt to park in. But if you were there anyways, if you had to go there
1: weekly like I did, thing to see it's, a a, in it's totally an, an, an oasis. Yeah, it's something
2: that you're recommending.
1: Also. Absolutely. Anyways, so I'm standing in line and I'm trying to figure out why things are so weird because there's this really seriously weird vibe <laughs> and I'm standing behind this huge guy and I'm a big guy. I'm like, i and you know, you know what this is like, Andrew too, because you're a big guy, but when you're by next to somebody that's bigger than you, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Cause you're, you're, how tall are you, Andrew? Six, three. Six, three. So about the same as me. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I weigh, you know, two, 200, 200 pounds, 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much 211 I weigh. Maybe. Yeah, some, maybe possibly 211 <laughs> maybe 211. So if somebody's bigger than me like it's a it's odd, you it know. flips the whole headspace. Yeah, space. exactly. Right. And there's this guy who's really bigger than me and he looks like kind of like a parody of a person that would watch uh, the television network that you work on, uh, Fuel TV, the action sports network. Yes. Like he looks like this total bro in a skateboarding outfit, but not like a dirty skateboarding outfit. Mm-hmm. Not like a, but just like it looks like he just just went and bought all of the whole skateboarding skateboarding costume yesterday. Yeah. And uh, there's this woman standing on the – just to my right who looks the same, only she's a girl, not the skateboarding part, but the female equivalent of the skateboarding bro. Mm. And um, she's talking to this homeless guy, and and she's like, oh, do you want an ice cream sandwich? And then I can't hear what she's saying to him, but I feel like um, she's lecturing him on this ice cream sandwich that she's handing to him and the guy is kind of like a little perplexed because sure he wants an ice cream sandwich yeah, who wouldn't but on <laughs> yeah. the other hand he's homeless he'd probably rather have a buck and a quarter <laughs> and you know like there's probably big problems in his life that may have led him to him being homeless and he'd rather have her address those somehow sure. obviously that's out of her power Good i wouldn't point. suggest that she needs sure. to do that and uh then she turns to the guy standing in front of me and she's like can you believe all these USC bitches? They don't have their own Diddy Reese, so they have to come to ours. (laughs) And I look around and I realize that maybe there's some kind of like a fraternity or sorority or something that's there because there's just a lot of people standing around in USC sweatshirts. Ooh. Which is something that has had never been part of my life. I, we went to UC Santa Cruz, the least school proud university in America. Yeah, there's, we just low key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no sports rivalries, uh, no no bitterness really. It's the chill out capital of the world. <laughs> and so
1: anyway, so she and so she walks away and she and and uh, and she like yells something behind her mm-hmm. and, and to the USC people as she's leaving, and that was to the similar to the these USC bitches need to get their own Diddy Reese. And similarly like that mean yeah. like really angry and mean wow. and I, right after she gave the ice cream uh, sandwich to the homeless guy and uh, somebody yells after her like oh have fun at Westwood Community College ha 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 youch and then the, I can see the guy <laughs> in front of me who by the way right when I got into line he had he had gone like flipped off the crowd but I didn't understand why he had wow. done that like wow. it didn't mean anything to me like I couldn't figure it out like I was like why is he just flipping Randomly. off the crowd like is he just going is he just trying to start a fight with somebody and uh and then I realized oh I see why he was flipping off the crowd it's cuz they're USC and he's UCLA or whatever and uh we're standing there and you can see the guys kind of fuming and I'm wearing like a tweed sport coat. Nice. <laughs> and yeah. like corduroy pants. Mm-hmm. You know, like I seriously mm-hmm. look like a like a parody of a college professor or something. Parodies. And yeah, Germany. exactly. Yeah. What is this a Zucker Brothers movie <laughs> that we're Anyway. I'm there with Teresa and um the skater guy, after like maybe like ninety seconds of sort of fuming after this girl's left, he turns around to me and he goes, Dude, don't you want to just punch those fuckers in the face? <laughs> And I'm just looking at him like, and and I just go, well, no, not really. I don't really care. And he just goes, Uh. (laughs) wait, what did he say? Uh. (laughs) He just Uh. expelled some. And I swear to God, I thought there was going to be a fight oh, maybe he was going to
2: fight you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was worried he was going to, that's why for, I... For your apathy, I'll yeah. show you. I yeah. bit my tongue saying, at saying some some kind of something more smart-ass than mm-hmm. I guess I don't sure. really care. Like, I almost said, like, oh, you know, like my priorities are elsewhere, I guess, or something like that. Right, right. But I didn't say because I didn't want to get in a fight with this guy. I'm I'm no good in fights. <laughs> did you, Wait, Did you did you get the cookie? I did get the cookie, and it, it actually—I <laughs> didn't like it that much. Hmm. Well,
2: the vibe clearly at that point, your your whole yeah. taste oh, sensation man, was huge.
1: I, I and what what I couldn't believe because my girlfriend Teresa goes to Loyola Law, and uh, a, a lot of the students there come from UCLA and USC. Mm-hmm. And she's always talking about how weird it is and how she can't believe it because she went to Sarah Lawrence, which the is the another school that yeah. And, and so the only experience that I have that's kind of like this is the Cal-Stanford rivalry, which I kind of grew up with living in the Bay Area and my dad being uh, a Cal alumnus. And uh, uh, But I, what I didn't get about this before is that it's not like a running gag because like in like real yeah like with cal and stanford it's like it's 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 a like it's just a running joke like it's like who can think of the like it's just fun to have a rival games keeps up oh they stole the tree costume (laughs) you know like oh they made up a parody song to the tune (laughs) of our fight song (laughs) their acapella group really showed us yeah like that's the i mean and and i'm not exaggerating when i say like that really is like what the rivalries are like between Cal and yeah. Stanford, it's like tradition. it's just a goof. You they know? released a bunch of cats into our wellness fair. Exactly, that's exactly, but that's I, well, I really, like clearly these, these two groups of people that were at the ice cream shop hmm. had no animus towards each other, they didn't know each other or anything, and they weren't talking to each other. Well, that's a big part of it, not knowing each yeah, other. And just, yeah, and just the presence of the two groups led to like this powder keg situation, which was oh. totally insane and to that, me. And
2: you said you could feel it right when you walked in. Yeah. there was a vibe. I was like, "What, what is going on? Like, this is weird." There was an energy in that. Now, room.
1: that might have just been because I was in Westwood.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have to say, your mindset was already skewed. I think I spent time in Westwood too because my dad taught at UCLA. Yeah, we we talked about that, right?
1: It's I don't know. It's it's an odd. Um, it's kind of a really. It's a really odd. Pl- it's sort of like a combination of a shopping district and a shopping mall. In All a rolled weird into one? way, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, oh, that sounds nice. Isn't that fantastic?
2: Well, the shopping mall is an enclosed shopping district. A shopping district is an unenclosed
1: mall. <laughs> so, yeah. I so, just, I just so want to be clear that the there line. are that no independent businesses participate in oh, this. I see, I, see, I see. So, yeah. Do you have any kind of insight into this, Jordan? Uh, no, no. How does it relate what, to the
2: grown-up uh, phenomenon? Because that's how you
1: had mentioned it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just something that really, like, I it just. It totally blew my mind.
2: Like now, it was. Like,
1: okay, well, I have a question. For okay, you. have
2: you very if you're able to think back, perhaps to okay. younger years? Yeah. Um, with keeping that grown up theme in mind, so that when you were less of a grown up, did you have experiences where you had that kind of animosity to sort of abstract groups of people that
1: you That's could identify interesting.
2: based on those kind of uh,
1: arbitrary means? Yeah, I think you're talking here about uh, Dodgers fans. Oh, and. <laughs> maybe but i still feel like i still feel like even with the um the, the famous rival like i grew up as a really huge uh San Francisco Giants fan and there's this huge there's this famously one-sided rivalry between the Giants and the Dodgers which is uh the Giants fans hate the Dodgers and uh the Dodgers fans don't care about anything
0: <laughs> you know actually that seems to kind of be uh, an LA San Francisco thing Period is that San Francisco people, uh, uh, you know, don't like LA and talk about how much they don't care for. But when you ask an LA person about San Francisco, they're like, "Like it's great. I'd totally love to move there." <laughs> yeah, you
2: that's know, that's what really frustrates the San Franciscans. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? it just and chokes them up more.
1: I find myself, I find myself thinking about that sometimes and wondering, and like, because there's two ways that you could interpret that. Mm-hmm. One is that San Franciscans are dicks. <laughs> Which I think is, is possible, is like entirely possible. You know what I mean? The other side of it is, well, what if it's actually just that LA actually does suck and <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco actually is great. And so that's why San Franciscans hate Los Angeles, but Los Angeles, Los uh, Angelinos kind of like San Francisco.
2: That's a very logical way of figuring out that. We should put, make a graph at some point. <laughs> pie chart could probably be done pretty easily.
1: Jordan, did you know this exciting news? The Sound of Young America, MaximumFun.org, and Jordan Jesse Go have a new underwriter. I did not know that, Jesse. Would you like to tell me about that thing you said? I would love to. It is called Project Breakout. This is what it is. It's a combination contest website, video website. You know how everything has to be something meets another thing? This is an example of that. YouTube meets American Idol. So they're doing a bunch of different categories of, of things. Uh, from dance to maybe even cheerleading, I've heard. Uh, One of them is going to be comedy. So, uh, obviously, that's what we're on board for. Um, Match. We're basically advising them a little bit and encouraging people like you out there to submit videos to the website. They've got Actual prizes that are actually interesting and good things. For instance? Uh, well, with the comedy contest where uh, we/slash they are going to be working with uh, Sketchfest NYC. So you sub- will be submitting a comedy video if you win. They fly it in New York. You go to, you perform or have your uh, video shown as part of Sketchfest NYC. Uh, you also get like a little mini uh, mentorship thing that teaches you how to reach out to agents and managers and teaches you how to get publicity for yourself, put together a packet, all that kind of stuff. That sounds like a good prize. No, it's the idea. I, I, was, I was thinking it'd be
0: like an iPod or something.
1: No. <laughs> the idea of the whole operation is for it to, for the prizes to be something that's actually meaningful to helping people's careers and for the stuff that wins, that they want to pick things that are actually good, like things that would actually merit having a career. Okay. They just opened the site last week. They're kicking off the site with a, quote-unquote, viral video contest, which basically means anything goes. Comedy is a specific category coming up in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, you can go to projectbreakout.com and submit basically any kind of video that you've created. Uh, There's going to be voting on the site, and I don't know, I think there's judges as well. And uh, you might end up winning, I believe the prize is $1,000. Don't quote me on that, but uh, pretty decent. Yeah, sounds. I could do a lot with a thousand dollars. La, dot com.
0: Andrew, you said uh, you had an unusual MySpace uh, experience the other day. Yeah, we, yeah, we were actually yeah. we, we were talking about unusual MySpace experiences recently. Maybe it was designed that, to really
1: facilitate to weird people. Do you, out let me that ask that you of of this. Of let audience. me start by asking you this. I'm sure that as a famous rock and roll star, how many MySpace friends do you have? Like twenty thousand? Exactly. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <just laughs> Try
2: to really? keep it keep it at twenty thousand fifty seven. It just tipped over today.
1: Okay, nice. over so do you actually? Are you actually in charge? Like, do you handle your MySpace page? Oh, I'll
2: tell you the, the, a brief story of the of the my experience with it. I I was very adverse to it and well, just more like not interested in it for many years, as well as Friendster and Zanga and sites that before MySpace sort of took over right. as it is now, um, and. It, uh, it, I think what turned me off to it was, that, was there was already a lot of people. People would ask me, oh, I went to your your Friendster account. I love it, man. So well, I don't have one. They say, well, I joined it. And, and then I found there was many people uh, doing Impersonating parody, yeah, parody sites of mine, um, where they would actually do a very good job maintaining <laughs> site and, and presenting content that it was in line with. Andrew WK as people saw it, or at least as that right. person saw it. Right. And on one hand, I thought that was great. I said, well, what's the point of me doing it when there's already all these ones up there and they're just <laughs> about as good as I would do it myself, I suppose. But then more recently, I started working with a new manager and he was so passionate about the MySpace especially and said, you have to do it, that he went in there, he talked to MySpace, he had the person who had been impersonating me um, removed and we got the site, which is the myspace.com slash Andrew WK. And because my manager was so into it and we had just started working together, I said, okay, well, I'll really, I'll make an effort to, uh, to, to do this for real. So for the last year, I've been running the page and, and it has been just me. And I looked at it as an opportunity to really face all my, um, my bad feelings about MySpace or about hmm. this kind of computer interaction and, and really embrace it, just, just to do it because it was the opposite of what I felt like doing, just to try something new. And of course, like like anybody else who's been using it heavily, it's very powerful. Yeah. I really I've grown to love it. Um,
1: but do you, how many, uh, do, you, do you get like do? You,
2: pardon me. <laughs> uh,
0: you can edit that out, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. Or you can uh, amplify it and yeah. maybe add a sample slide on. whistle. We, we can yeah. sample. I,
1: I was thinking of selling it as a ringtone. <laughs> Um, but it must be a lot to handle like for you. I mean, granted, you know, you're, you're not as in the media spotlight as you were, you know, two, two years ago or whatever, but like still you have a very passionate fan base. It must be a lot to, I mean, I have a hard time managing the emails from my, you know, you know, couple of thousand people that listen to the sound of young America sometimes. You know what I mean?
2: Well, uh, since I've only been doing it for a year, it's, um, I imagine it just, they continue to build. So f- five years from now, there may be more, there may be a different way that, uh, I would be handling. I've talked to people who have been running their site for much longer than, than I have, but it's not that much different than how I was interacting previously, um, on our own website. It wasn't my space, but it was, uh, and I used to have people could write in there and I'd post questions and answers and it was, uh, very interactive and that I really embraced. So it was, it was sort of, um, Hypocritical to not embrace those qualities about MySpace, I think it was just needing to be, have, spend time with it. And yes, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that write in, but I've always enjoyed that kind of interaction. Once I was, once I was able to really see MySpace as nothing other than a communication tool, I I loved that, and I and I try to interact all the time. I spent a lot of well, I have been spending a lot of time on it.
1: So, so you you were mentioning to us earlier that you not only get the kind of MySpace messages that you, that we might expect, oh, Andrew, we love your rock and roll music or whatever, but also sometimes the, uh, kind of MySpace messages that Jordan or I might get, which is like, Hey, remember me (laughs) from, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this because it just happened a
2: few minutes ago. I was checking my computer to get the address to come here and do the interview today. And I was adding some friends to, MySpace, and I noticed some messages that um, really jumped out. I just had a few few seconds, so I just looked for one that maybe seemed important. And one of the messages said "middle school" as the subject, and I thought, "Oh wow, well, maybe I thought it was either someone that went to middle school with me, or it was someone who wanted us to play a concert, perhaps at their middle school." So I clicked on that one, and instantly. I was transported in a way that there's – I can't really compare it to any other kind of interaction or or communication or experience you'd have with another person except through this computer where if you bump into someone on the street you haven't seen for many years, that's one type of experience because you're there and you're interacting on the spot, face to face. But when someone that you haven't talked to in a long time or haven't seen in a long time contacts you through the computer, there's that same uh, excitement and um, spontaneous intensity of thinking of them or having them in your mind instantly in in, in that moment. But there's that great distance where you're not going to be able to instantly go back and forth and you're not face to face. And the person who wrote me was a girl named Lori, who went to my junior high school in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and started there about a year or two after I had already been going there. And we, I went there for a total of three years. It was a private. Um, alternative junior high school and then I went on to another similar high school but not at the same place. And this girl, Lori, when she came to the school ended up very quickly um, developing a dynamic with me and several other students that was very negative and that's how she explained it in her email. And she said, I don't have to remind you that we had a very negative experience uh, hmm. in junior high school and now I would like to, uh, to change that. And it's amazing because I've probably thought of her maybe less and less as time has gone on, but easily once a week. And there was a time when probably maybe once a day because it was the most cruel that I ever treated anybody in my whole life. I was very mean
1: to this girl. And you're well known for your cruelty. Yeah, well, that's
2: (laughs) the whole funny part. And uh, not too long after um, leaving high school uh, and moving to New York and really focusing my efforts on... uh, creative output and entertainment and especially gearing it as you just made a parody of gearing it towards uh uh, uplifting feelings and feelings people might call good i thought well isn't it funny that that girl is probably seeing if she is seeing this she's probably thinking what a what a bigger a-hole even that he that he was so mean and people don't know i didn't know what she was thinking of course but i really imagined that i still had a lot of guilt and i guess i was playing out these scenarios of here's a person who saw a really dark side of me. But holding on to those experiences only made me that much more determined to er eliminate those kind of experiences from my life. Did you write her back? Well, not yeah, I had to come here. <laughs> I figured I wanted to compose a real nice letter. Yeah, you know, it's something you should put time. some thought into. It. Jordan, have so. you
1: ever have you ever gotten that kind of email? Email, especially the MySpace is or so conducive kind of to it because you yeah, can yeah. just because you can just put somebody's name into the bar and see. Yeah, anybody can
2: can find anybody pretty much.
1: Have you ever have you ever had that experience where you get an email from somebody that you like went to middle school with? We talked that one time about the guy who.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, 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 I could talk about this again, um, but this is by far the weirdest. One I got was uh, in high school. I was uh, I was homecoming king. I got uh, elected homecoming king. Wow. Big deal. Got a crown. Nice. Uh, come out on on the <laughs> that. Field. He still wears. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. I mean, just a fancy restaurant. Oh, okay. Right, right. But he gets seated quicker. Um. <laughs> um. Anyways, I don't know the feel of the football game. The whole thing. And uh, and you know it was kind of unusual because I I was I wasn't a, a sporty type in high school. I was uh, mm-hmm. I did I did a lot of the the plays. Uh, I was in a drama. lot of drama. Um, so you know, I was kind of the the, the odd duck in the homecoming nominees, right. uh, and I won. You know, it was a big deal. It was a big. You know,
1: upset, right? Underdog.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a very bad news bears, mighty ducks kind of moment. <laughs> I thought, but anyways, I got a MySpace. He's message. saying
1: that just because he was watching by my bad news bears and mighty ducks back at the same time at the homecoming dance. <laughs> yeah,
2: two
0: tiny
1: TVs. Um, it was a magical night.
2: <laughs> Reminds me of Carrie a little bit. Too. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> the male version of Carrie. Yeah,
0: it's definitely some some concern. I might have pig's blood dumped on me at some <laughs> point. Um, anyways, and I got a message from uh, from a guy named um, uh, uh, Justin Reynolds, and he his thing in high school was he was like uh, he was like the punk rocker at. Um, in my Orange County High School, and he had the butt flap. Oh yeah, <laughs> said, uh, sure. I have Vice Squad, I think it said on the butt flap. Wow. Um, anyway, so he was that guy, and we were kind of pals, and because um, he hung all the lights for the plays, he was okay. like, he was the tech guy. Cool. Um, anyway, so he emailed me, and uh, um, he's like, "Hey, buddy, remember me from high school? Great to see you again." And then I'm like, "Oh, it's nice to see you too. You know, let's hang sometime." And then he said to me, he's like, "Hey," and he so in his light hanging. He had access to the uh, to the kind of nether regions of the school,
2: your offices. Oh, yeah, I'm already liking where this is going. Uh,
0: anyway, he's like, hey, remember when you won Homecoming King? You didn't really win. I rigged it.
2: Oh! <laughs> Holy smokes!
0: Yeah. Um, so that was weird. I mean – That is like Carrie. Yeah, in a lot, <laughs> really in a lot of ways. <laughs> Holy smokes.
1: Uh, and you have psychic powers
0: too, so. Yeah, and I oh, also really? um, yeah. murdered my religiously oppressive mom.
2: I didn't do that. No, that was part of the carry. Whoa! <laughs> Did you- Whoa! That drawer <laughs> yeah. opened and closed again. There's wow. a little. what? No, you have to believe this. The okay. little drawer just opened and closed on its own. Yeah, because wow.
0: of all the strong feelings I was having. Oh man. Um, so yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bananas and kind of. I mean, there's two reactions. One, oh no, but also like, isn't that kind of cooler than actually winning? Like, isn't that a better oh, story? Yeah, like it's
2: more in depth. So it's more detail.
1: Yeah, it's odd how you're. For me, like the the past reaching out to you mm. is absolutely terrifying, <laughs> and it's not because I had like such a bad past. Like I had, a probably like in terms of like level of trauma in school, like about average. Like I didn't have a, I what didn't float through completely without social trauma, but sure. like I don't, I a wasn't. Dose. Yeah. Well, you know, like people that tell me, oh, my school days were so traumatic. Like I can't, like mine just weren't that traumatic. (laughs) But, um, my problem is just, I have this really, really, really bad memory. So I don't really remember that much about, (laughs) even about high school. And because obviously like I'm big and, you know, I was in the theater department at school, my school was relatively small and was an arts high school, Mm. you know, like just so people know who I was and am. And, uh, I, I can't remember who they now, are. Is it,
2: you could, is, it, is it, do you have a vague, because I can relate, I've you, had difficulty with I remember timelines. who,
1: pe- I remember, this is what what I can remember is I can actually remember surprisingly well who people are. Mm. I never remember their names. In fact, some <laughs> of my best friends from high school, like if I'm... If I'm on the spot, I would have a hard time remembering their names. Your best
2: friends,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like my like good friends, you know. Like I would have, I would get them. Like it's not like I wouldn't be able to remember them eventually. For sure. But this happened to me just when I was home in San Francisco a, a weekend or two ago, just visiting my family. I was at the Safeway. We saw this girl that uh, we knew from high school, and she. Uh, when I say we, me and my girlfriend Teresa, with whom I also with whom I went to high school, mm. and uh, we saw her, and I remembered her. I knew her you know, I knew her in, I mean, not more than a passing acquaintance, but it's a small school. And, uh, I talked to her for a little while and she didn't remember Teresa at all. So <laughs> Teresa is completely absolved of this, despite the fact that she remembers who everyone is. And, um, she, re- but she remembered who I was and my name and what, you know, like where I was going after school and like everything. Whoa. And, um, yeah, I couldn't remember her name at all. Like It took me a solid 20 minutes after that of thinking really hard, just at this this really like intense, guilt-driven thinking. <laughs> and just
2: think the m- longer that you live, well, that all of us live, the more past,
1: oh, if we God. think of it that way,
2: the more past you accumulate. It just keeps stacking up. And then the more obscure, the further past becomes. And it just keeps intensifying. And that's when you're real old, when you're a real grown-up, all you got is just you got more past than you got future.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's scary to me, like, and, and I, and I would think that for, for you, Andrew, it would be a thing because one of the reasons that it's scary to me is that like, as I, as I continue to, to have, you know, a public profile, Mm -hmm. like, obviously I'm the furthest thing from famous, you know what I mean? But like, I do something, in the public right. that somebody who kind of knows me could listen to the sound of young america and be reminded of me on a really regular basis sure at the same time that that i'm i'm not having any relationship with them you know what I mean <laughs> no, that's, yeah
2: that is interesting dynamic
1: so like and I would imagine that's that might come up for you Andrew especially given the fact that I mean I remember when Jordan and I went to your show you were signing autographs after the show for like two hours or something like that you know sure. talking to every single person and all those people have you know this this connection to you right right and you have a a similar connection to them but it's sort of like a you know it just happened and now it's uh, two years later or yeah, whatever. it is interesting. And you've talked to thousands of, because you, you probably are staying, and knowing you, you're probably staying after every show for two hours. There's <laughs> a
2: lot of people I've been meeting. I, 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 had a, I had struggled in the past much more with remembering people and, and experiences and names and, and faces. And I've still had, I've continued to have this um, very vague sense of timeline where, whether it was what happened before what and what order of events, I'll have details, especially sensory details, I'll keep very crisp, I feel. But the, uh, just the order of the months, actually, I didn't have memorized until just maybe three, four years ago. Um, wait just
1: the order when you say just the order of the months you mean you d- couldn't remember what month came after which sure, month, exactly or yeah. what m-
2: is that after november or before october
1: so <laughs> See, that seems more like a primary education issue well, that, that,
2: well, that, that, might, that might have contributed to it
1: do you know your colors andrew
2: yeah you got blue okay. green and red
1: okay that is film. all
2: the colors the, 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 All eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, when you were talking about the nether regions yeah. of the school, it uh-huh. made me remember something I haven't thought about in years. Go for it. There was a guy named Sasha in my elementary school, and it was a beautiful old building, at least a hundred year old school, brick building. And is this is in Michigan. In Michigan, okay. in Ann Arbor, and uh, he had somehow found a way. Through the janitor's room to get down into the boiler room. And through the boiler room, there was some kind of tunnel and some kind of <laughs> hidden world. And I never actually, I actually, I think I went down to the first level into the boiler room and then actually didn't have the, the nerve to go all the way through into the, uh, the deeper depths. But it got to the point where he had these schematics, the whole layout, a map that he had drawn based on his time exploring in there, <laughs> all gone – with using flashlights to see because there was no light. And he would Xerox those and sell those to kids so they could get in and, and work their way through it. And, and when you said the uh, – I, I like to envision that, that the guy who rigged your yeah, yeah. Your, your prom king or – uh, Homecoming, homecoming yeah, king. Homecoming yeah. um, king. He
1: bought the map from yeah, – maybe he
2: had one of those maps for his school. And, and and just spent time down there with all these ballots in this little by candlelight i'm sort You're of right, yeah, yeah. rigging rigging each one how, did he ever explain how he he d- you know i off. didn't
0: i didn't follow up and i guess i should i maybe we could actually maybe we could actually get him on the phone to talk about it <laughs> why cuz it's not like something he told me about afterwards either he'd been keep i mean he's been keeping this for for, years. for 8 years or something oh,
1: uh, anyways that's but, a, the, one of the funny things that it makes me think of is i went to this arts high school and the theater department at some arts high schools you do uh Uh, You do all kinds of theater stuff in addition to acting. At my school, it was just acting. And there was a separate department that did all the tech stuff, all the theater tech stuff, the lights and everything else. And um, I also worked at a theater uh, when I was in high school. Uh, at the Herbst Theater and at the Opera House, mm. I, I worked and um, with the uh, uh, with the tech crews. Herbst H E R B S T. You got it. Nice. Hmm. And the uh, Herbst, where the that's where the Charter of the United Nations was signed. Oh. And um, w- when I was working there, I met two kinds of techies. One kind is the failed uh, actor or failed mm-hmm. performer which is a big there are a lot of the techies in you know even at the opera they're just people who really love theater they really love acting but they they just weren't good enough at it and or they and they and they recognize that and decided at some point well I better pick up some other skills so I can hang out here and um, then the other, but there's this other category which I found kind of more interesting, which is the people like the guy who would who, who would go under the school, which is these people who are just obsessed with their leather men that they bought when they were 13. You know, by like, that, you mean the tool, not, yeah, the, not the actual leather clad <laughs> no. man. No, right? not <laughs> leather clad. Leather clad,
0: mustachioed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: man. Just, you know, like people who are really into the bear subculture and really into <laughs> gay. <laughs> Uh, no, the people, the people oh, who uh, just, can I t- can I talk about
0: uh, bear subculture? Yes, um, a friend of mine recently, it was maybe a year ago, called me, and this was while I didn't have a job, and and he said, hey, I, I know this friend who. Uh, who needs some improv guys for a, a documentary he's making. Uh, and They they want to present it to people and they want to have voiceover. Oh. And so to make this presentation, they just need people to do voiceover. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not working. So we went out and do it. He's like, it's a documentary about bears. I guess the punchline's already given away. Anyway, so I thought we would do some funny bear voices, right? Um,
1: like, oh, where's my honey? <laughs> yeah,
0: right, exactly. Time time to catch trout. Uh, anyways, but I got there and it is about. it was about a, a – uh, a gay beauty pageant called Mr. American Bear and we Ooh. did and we did the voiceover for like the guys calling the fashion show like you know like here comes Bert in a tasteful hard hat and <laughs> you know and belt number he's a crowd favorite because of his you know rugged good looks and his you know <laughs> and his zesty nature it was yeah. uh, oh, uh, wow. one of my
1: finer performances my favorite part about that 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 having happened to you Jordan <laughs> Is that w- when you go to something where you think it's going to be about wildlife bears, but it turns out to be a documentary about the gay subculture of bears, mm-hmm. that that you're really facing, you know, a fork in the road. Like this could go horribly wrong because of your missed expectations, mm-hmm. or it could be a delight. And it sounds like it was definitely a delight to a <laughs> blast done it. man. It was a blast. <laughs> Because I mean, when you show when you show up for that, you know, you're worried like, oh, are they dis- Oh, are they? Were they actually looking for people who know about the Bears? Of course, sure.
2: yeah.
1: And At instead,
2: maybe this is going to really throw me off, and they're going to be they're going to be unhappy and. They're in, gonna go the other way, but yeah, like, yeah, maybe. In, maybe they thought I'd go knew the more, other way. I yeah, knew maybe they more. Thought you were gonna go the other way, right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: And but instead, you just get to you just get to visit this alternate universe.
0: Yeah, it was it was really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know they've got a big convention, uh, <laughs> and uh, they seem like they have a lot of fun.
2: La. La. La.
1: This is Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, rock and roll star Andrew W.K. Your album, by the way, Andrew, is coming out on vinyl in the United States, I just saw. Oh, yes,
2: it is, Jesse. Thanks for remembering that. It's uh, coming out in June. It's called Close Calls with Brick Walls. It's a special vinyl-only limited edition of this Close Calls with Brick Walls release. It's going to have five additional unreleased bonus tracks. Wow. Along with the 18 songs that are already on the album. So it's a double gatefold, two LPs. Deluxe packaging, uh, color insert—we're going all out, and I think we're going to somewhere around fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand copies. So I'm excited about that, and there's a lot of new music coming up along with that.
1: You so you you have and you have another new album that's in the works as well. About yeah, two new albums and a bunch more stuff. There's what is your Andrew? What is your what is the deal with your like label situation and everything right now? I left Island Def Jam where I'd been for the first two albums um,
2: about two years ago, and um, I stayed with Universal, though the larger parent company for my publishing. And in Japan, we st- we released that album "Close Calls with Brick Walls" exclusively in Asia originally, um, with Universal in Japan. And at this point, I've just been recording. And then once we are ready to, find yeah, the you're album, gonna, you're gonna, yeah, we'll shop it around. Out. But I've been like, I've liked being free because now I can do anything. And before, I'd have to get permission to record a song, or they owned all the songs. It's very, I was happy with that at the time as well. Now, however, to be able to license material and to retain the ownership is something I'd like to continue to have.
1: Now, Andrew, uh, one of the things that you are free to do now that you no longer have, uh, uh, n- now that you no longer have that kind of recording contract, is apparently to go to a songwriting conference with Hanson. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you for asking about this. <laughs> I got must have been two weeks ago or
2: three weeks ago, not that long ago. Um, I got to go. To Tulsa, Oklahoma, where this group, the musical group, Hanson, it's the three brothers, Zach,
1: Taylor, and Isaac. How old are they, like in their mid-20s?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the youngest one is Zach. That's the drummer. I I think he's 20 or 21, 19, 20, 21. I apologize for not having that exactly on.
1: Well, Um, I don't accept your apology. That's outrageous (laughs) for you not to know. Okay, I apologize Zach Hanson's exact
2: age. Taylor's 23, and Isaac is 26, I think. Um, And... I actually first heard about them because uh, in ninety six or ninety seven when their first album came out, and again, I might be off with that right. year, but a friend of mine started a record label called Hansen right at the same time mm-hmm. as umbop and the the first album came out, and he named his label after a guy from his uh high school uh-huh. that was a, that really freaked him out this this guy Han- with the last name hansen won 't say his first name. Maybe it was Brian, but he mm-hmm. named the Might label after Brian. him uh, out of as a tribute or maybe as a parody of this guy. Mm. And then, uh, the, of course, then synchronicity occurred right. and this huge band comes out and everyone said, oh, is your label based, did you name your label after the group Hanson? Do you like that group? And we teased him <laughs> about this for years. So they're, they're, I found a really nice thread uh, to, and I told him about this label and I told him the story when I went to the songwriting conference. And the way the, the conference works is they they bring together – a somewhat disparate group of musicians or songwriters uh, of different styles, of different types, and without any guideline other than make a song in one day and record it, and it has to be done with all the lyrics and all the all the production. And they they sound good, like album tracks, and they have a beautiful setup at this this sort of compound of theirs with. Two studios, the
1: Hanson Compound, engineers.
2: Yeah, an eight wow. eight kids in the family.
1: Worth mentioning here that they after they had those gargantuan hits with Um and then they had a Christmas album and that kind yes, of thing. Yes. I think in the past couple of years they've sort of, um, in the past what it's been a long time now, five or eight years they sort of settled into the world of Americana music, as I understand it, kind of making, uh, you know, uh, singer or Oh right, right.
2: Well, they've they've really embraced the songwriting angle of, of the music. And they've just as they've grown up, they've become more and more accomplished as musicians uh, themselves. So they're able to do this and they've done music their whole lives. I, on the other hand, had never really done a collaboration or worked with people. And I really made an effort not to. I didn't want to be associated with anybody. I wanted only to write my own music. And it was a very genuine feeling to, that I followed and I'm, I'm, I don't regret it. But because of that, it's now so exciting to contradict that and to say, okay, I am going to write songs with other people. I'm going to write songs that don't sound like the songs I would want to even make just for the heck of it because it felt funny and doing something that was very new and very different purely for the sake of, uh, of challenging myself. And it, it was very rewarding.
1: Who, do, who were you set up with? Who did you...
2: The, 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 there was a lot of people there. The only person I ever met before was a man named Peter Yanowitz or Pedro Yanowitz who used to play with Natalie Merchant. Um, and then it plays in the band Morningwood now. And oh,
0: right, yeah, they're kind of a kind of a disco, yeah, like kind of a kind of an disco. indie
2: hipster disco band. Anyway, I've really enjoyed everything that he played me from them, or that I heard. I heard that song, The nth Degree, and I thought that was well done. Uh, he's very nice, I think. Um, and then a man named Stephen Trask was there. Who, oh, he did the music for Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Exactly. Exactly. I was, he was from New York, so I was excited to uh, yeah. to meet him. The
1: wonderful music for Hedvig and the Angry Yeah, oh, yeah Spectacular.
2: Yeah. Real accomplishment, I agree. Uh, and then a man named Dan, who is in this group called oh, Jars Oh, Dan, of- you
1: mean... <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't remember his last name. From Jars of Clay, a man named Carrick, wow. who lives here from a band called Everybody Else. Um, a man named Graham, who is a solo artist, um a couple guys from a band called The Hero Factory, um some other people I'm probably forgetting at the at this moment. A real kind of murderous row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, real real devastating lineup. <laughs> uh, and we broke off into groups uh, for 4 days. There was 4 days there and, and, and teams of 3, they would assign you the task of writing a song. But they would but the, I never even thought of this until the end of it. I said, "Wow, they I They never told us, well, the song should be around three minutes and 30 seconds or the song should sort of focus on this sentiment or use this instrumentation. There was no guidelines. You could have done anything Hmm. you wanted, and people did. And going back to our ranking earlier, and I, I thought of it while we were talking about slow jams, the song we wrote on one of the days with Zach and Carrick and me wasn't exactly a slow jam, but certainly was a jam. And hmm. the beauty of this is when you're writing this material, it's not necessarily for Hanson to sing or for me to sing or for anybody there. You have this song, and with a publishing company, you shop those songs. And that's hmm. the the whole other side of the music or songwriting business that I haven't participated in but seems so unlimited. You just pair up and co-write and build these catalogs of songs. And that's, of course, most seen, I think, in country music where – there's just the industry of songwriting for country music is is massive but it extends into R&B and the slow jams and i imagine into rap and of course rock music and again coming from a place where i didn't want to have anything to do with anything that wasn't only what i was doing it's been truly thrilling and gratifying to challenge those preconceived notions those brick walls how did, walls the, how, that did I put the, up. how did the song that you wrote go it was called uh, even when you're gone hmm. This was one of the four, uh, and, and this was the one that it had a beat. You'll recognize this beat. We, we played the beat live, but it was based on a very standard loop, which is mm. the... I played bass on it, and uh, Zach sang, and the, the lyrics were, Even when you're gone, I will carry on. All you did was take up my time. And even when you're leaving, you won't see me grieving. I don't even care, so be on your way. Um, He sang it, I'd say, better than I just <laughs> <It's hard to laughs> So don't imagine. let that uh, yeah, skew your judgment. You're
1: yeah. a regular Pavarotti there,
2: Andrew. <laughs> he, wow. sa- he sings it in a very high... Um, soul voice, the the vocal, just being around. This is my 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 wrap up for the songwriting <laughs> experience. My positive wrap up is mm. just being around a group of musicians that are all this as talented as I saw them to be, and all as experienced as I saw them to be, and all as kind. And with this completely unlimited freedom, but still this this constraint of the time limit of having to get a song done rubs off on you just like going and playing a round of tennis with Andre Agassi even if you never had played you're going to be better when you leave and I really felt the effects of of that kind of energy um, in a very real way and I might have thought it was kind of cheesy before and that this was kind of just unnecessary and what could I really gain Um, but despite the fact that it was um, so free and so new to me I really feel that it was perhaps the most impacting musical experience I'd ever had.
1: Wow, that's I that's high. Except purpose. for the other yeah. ones that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the others. La, 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 la. This is Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, rock and roll star, all-around American hero, Andrew W.K. It's so great to be here. We're bringing back a segment from the past, an old Sound of Young America segment uh, that that we used to do. Maybe um, one might call it an infamous segment. Yeah, it was infamous. It's, just, uh, it's kind of disputed as <laughs> no, to its nothing, relevance. Let's be honest, nothing that we've ever done has ever been famous of any... No. <laughs> In or otherwise. Oh. <laughs> um, but this is what, something we used to do with uh, folks Folks who were uh, on the show. And I think we started this, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, but we started doing this uh just because we were really scared that we would run out of interview questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reason. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. That yeah. I mean that fear was definitely definitely prominent in our minds. <laughs> Which was
1: interesting because I think we also started doing interviews because we were really scared that we would run out of things to talk about.
0: <laughs> Everything we do is because of fear. Innovation. Yeah. Um, but this is a nice one. It's called the ranking, and uh, and it's something uh, you know that you might do with your friends if you're you know uh, if you're bored in class or something like that. We present you uh, five unrelated things, and mm-hmm. we rank them from worst to first.
1: Just no. like the 1991, 1992 Atlanta Braves. Sure, and it's a personal ranking. This is yes, a personal this is your it's not personal feeling ra- ranking. And just to be clear, well, I mean, to, to, to further uh, clarify, it's based on any uh, criteria you choose to use. Okay. So you could, you if you wanted, you could rank them on the basis of most useful in a combat zone or something like that. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, but you, you know, you, you personal personal taste is uh, what most people tend to go with. Yeah. Can it be arbitrary? Do I have to have
2: reasoning <laughs> yeah. for my ranking? Do I have to explain
1: uh, it? it? It should both be arbitrary and explain yes just so you know okay uh here are your five uh keeping
0: in mind that the main function of this is to kill time
1: yeah exactly oh okay Uh, and when we say this we're talking about our podcast not this particular (laughs) segment but our the whole, whole thing. Our, our whole, whole. media <laughs> empire yeah. is built upon killing time. Um here here are the five items for you to rank Andrew WK. Okay, they mm-hmm. are slow jams. Okay? okay. Mm-hmm. Uh natural peanut butter, not mm. uh Skippy peanut butter, but the kind that you buy like at the natural, food natural store. Although I think
0: Skippy has a natural oh, do they? branch now. Anyway. Well, but
1: it's to be clear, it's the kind where the oil kind of separates a little right. bit from the peanuts and then before you eat it you have to mix it up. Separated. Um sure. Blade Runner, uh, the film Blade Runner, uh, Ridley Scott directed, okay. uh, starring Harrison Ford. Um, cartoon With movie supporting, posters, uh,
0: supporting roles by Sean Young and M. Emmett Walsh.
1: Is uh, Sean I Young
2: know. the guy who plays the the president of the company? Oh,
1: she's a, as Sean Young is actually a lady. She oh, plays maybe. the uh, uh, kind the of kind of the, the main woman. android. I yeah. think if you're going to talk about supporting players in Blade Runner, you have to talk almost, don't you? Almost isn't in Blade Runner. I don't Edward think Edward James almost is in Blade Runner. Is he Runner. the guy who play, who's, runs the company? Yeah, he's the he's the guy from um, I can't remember. He's the bartender like the bo- Lloyd. From, he's a uh, boss something. He's famous for being having been on Miami Vice, and uh, he's a Latino guy with a ruddy complexion. the
2: hmm. the, the guy who plays Lloyd from from uh, from The Shining. What'll it be, Mister Torrance?
1: I've never seen The Shining. No, I haven't either. Okay, me. well,
2: the, the bartender. Okay. And That is in uh, Blade Runner. Okay,
1: well, I'm talking. Okay. I'm just saying Edward James Olmos is in it. I'm, I'm sure. Well, one, we'll we'll woman, ask the internet. What's her name? Sean uh, Sean Young. She was in Ace Ventura. She,
0: <laughs> she was. yes. Yeah. she was the uh, so was <laughs> the Cannibal the Corpse. Evil. Amer- yes. Yes. The can- great cast. Uh, one of the first CDs I ever bought actually was the Ace Ventura soundtrack, and, uh, <laughs> and I think Cannibal Corpse is one of the first oh, wow. songs on that soundtrack. It was uh, interesting, so Cannibal Corpse have a special place in my heart.
1: I'd uh, like to yeah. say that not only was Edward James almost in Ga- in Blade Runner, his character was named Gaff, <laughs> and um, I don't know his his Wikipedia entry has a photograph of him. In oh, Blade wow. Runner, with, he was a lot younger then. Yeah, he. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he was always old. I think he was born old, <laughs> old and Great scary for a character actor. Um. Anyway, so uh, Blade Runner being number three. Okay. Uh, cartoon movie posters. This is not posters for cartoons. Uh, to clarify, it's the genre of movie poster that features cartoon caricatures of the characters in the film. Oh, so Can you give me an example of
0: one. Uh, Animal House, a good
1: example. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Caddy, a lot Roll of High those. School. Yeah, absolutely. Rock right, and Roll right, High right, School right, has right. a great
0: one. Um, and they had a recent resurgence. Uh, they tried to bring it back with the, the new Bad News Bears. And yeah, yeah. Grandma's Jack Davis, boy. Grandma's Often has boy. done them,
1: right? Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, so yes, those kinds of movie posters. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, character actors, speaking of character actors, Sam Elliott, uh, you may know him as the, yeah. uh. The old cowboy drifter in uh, in The Big Lebowski. Uh, he was oh gosh, he's uh, great, right? What a voice!
0: Yeah, uh, Roadhouse. He was um, well, dude. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Voice, yeah, he's Patrick Swayze's uh, mentor in
2: Roadhouse. Another, what's his name again? Sam Elliott. Oh man, okay. Now can I write them down? Because I already forgot them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we can.
1: I, let me find something. Uh, yeah, write well. Down.
2: Or you could just keep telling me, but then I feel like I'll just, that will be influencing my... Uh, because I, right now, I maybe would put character actors like Sam Elliott. Maybe that would be first just because... <laughs> it easiest. was the last thing you heard. It's Thank like you. specials at restaurants. When, right, When yeah, you go to yeah. a restaurant, and especially if the waiter is really prepared and they mm-hmm. have a bunch of very intricate dishes, by the sixth or seventh dish, yeah. the rest of them are almost obliterated. Yeah. And so I usually pick the second or There's second like to six, last six one. Six
0: dishes, four ingredients each.
2: <laughs> I mean, how do you... How do you keep them straight? I wonder, too, if, they, if they, load, they load their monologue to the dishes they want to people to get. Yeah, yeah. And keep those ones toward the end, or the dishes that are more popular. Okay, here we go.
1: Okay, I'm going to go over the five one more time. Uh, they are Slow Jams, Natural Peanut Butter, the movie Blade Runner, cartoon movie posters, and character actor Sam Elliott. And remember, we're ranking them worst to first. Worst to first. So what, which of oh. those is number five? Worst. Okay. Well, I I don't want to
2: make this any more complicated than it's already being for me. But can it be favorite to most favorite instead of worst?
0: Yes, I think that's a great way. I mean, I think we. I mean, there's not an unpleasant choice in the bunch. No, these
1: are good choices. It could
0: be
2: top five favorite things in one. And when we say
1: worst, we're speaking purely relatively. Okay. Relative to the other choices, not relative to all the things in the world. That's
2: great. That's a great. clarification thank you so uh, I'll, uh, wow um okay uh <laughs> it's tough it's tough i'm looking at these and i'm thinking well cartoon movie posters that's i haven't had that many great experiences with those so it's hard for me to have brought up my own emotions in relation to those but then i when i think of jack davis and i even think of uh any of that that style of presentation that I really like, but it, it, okay, maybe I'll pick, maybe I'll maybe I'll pick um, Blade Runner for as number five. Uh, as number five.
1: Have you seen Blade Runner?
2: Yeah, but I've never sat and watched the whole thing through. So right, so that okay, and yes. I would like to. And every time I've watched it, I've really enjoyed it, but purely because I've had not that many bonding experiences with it. It's right. just easy for me to put that first. I, I've really always loved everything about it. Right, um, especially
1: Edward James Olmos.
2: Yeah, or the guy who plays that—the uh, guy from Lloyd from the, from The Shining. <laughs> the guy who plays a part. He's the guy who plays the president of the robot company. Yeah, no, you're right. I the glasses. I, He's an amazing looking guy. So, I've always also said if we've ever if we've ever talked about favorites before, pick your number one thing. What's your favorite? I've made an effort consistently to avoid doing that. So this is going to be exceptionally <laughs> challenging know,
1: for me. You're talking about actor Joe Turkle.
2: <laughs> oh, nice. Well done. Fair enough. Thank you. He has a very big uh, encyclopedia of his own personal notes here. I, I want to, for the listeners who can't yeah, no, see. No, he's not. There's
1: um, just you, endless pages. If you think I'm of, just typing on a keyboard, I'm not. There's file leafing. cabinets. There's, <laughs> yeah. The research I save, I save a lot of clippings. Hmm. Okay, so...
2: So then four, not number two, but actually number four, I think I feel safe for putting uh, cartoon posters.
1: Okay. thats okay. I think that's totally fair. I mean, for me, I, I like the movie Blade Runner a lot. You seem to be more, Jordan, you seem to be more co- pro-cartoon movie posters oh, really? than than Andrew or I.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I like them. I think they're great. I mean, mostly I don't... When I watched Blade Runner recently, kind of an hour into it, uh, here's what I thought to myself. Well, here's another classic movie I don't really like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or here's another movie I mean, that would really have benefited, perhaps, from a cartoon. movie Yes, poster.
0: I know that would have been
2: great. I think and, one of their uh, posters was illustr was an illustration. Yeah, of, I believe so.
1: Yeah, sort right? of more in this in this Star Wars poster. Exactly, thing. exactly. Yeah, I,
2: I I will say again though that the, the the sentiment that usually is expressed in cartoon movies posters, which is sort of chaos. Yeah, everybody. You could pick out characters that you have to see the movie ten times to to to, to, to notice. There's a bevy of information. And that is my favorite part about it, that they're really able, that, that you couldn't do in photographs. Yeah. Jordan,
1: didn't you love that movie that was a re- that was a remake of It's a Mad, Mad World with, like, Whoopi Goldberg in it? Oh, Rat Race? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, they I,
2: had I, a cartoon I, poster, didn't yeah, they?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember uh, having a good time in Rat Race. You're right.
2: You're right. Good Good thinking. Okay, okay
1: so what we have left is Slow Jams, uh, Natural Peanut Butter, and character actor Sam Elliott. Now
2: we're at number three, and this is the yeah. middle. Yeah, this, yeah. Is yeah. Sort of this is sort of middle the, ground, so this should be the, the one I feel most... Passive about, almost, Um, which is not disliking or not liking at all, just passive. And that, I think I'd say, would be Sam Elliott. Because um, I have nothing but good feelings for him. Sure. But I don't have, uh, again, enough... Well, seeing him in The Big Lebowski and and listening to him talk and his narration, Mm because he sort of narrates as well, Mm -hmm. right, his voiceover, was um, inspiring. Yeah. And and, it made me feel good. Uh, But I don't have enough strong... Strong things to keep him out of anywhere, but number three.
1: I would pretty much do anything if he was standing just a couple inches behind me with, uh, and, and like to my left, and he has his right hand on my shoulder and he's talking to me. Like, he's like, Jesse, you know, go, go get my shit bucket. I would be like, I'm on it, I'm, I'm there.
2: Shit would you pay to have
1: that experience? I'd pay. I think if I paid, it would make it a little creepy. Don't so maybe you, think? you want him to pay you. No, no, I don't want him to pay me, Andrew oh. that definitely <laughs> makes it creepy. all
2: right well, that i we have high praise for him and 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 i I can say with no yeah. disrespect to the ranking segment, I can say that this is these are all number ones for me, okay, but I'm doing this for you
1: well, Andrew, you're a number number one to us yes. so. <laughs> thank
2: you, okay, so the number two. Oh, wow. I didn't think it was going to get... I thought it got it easier as we got up, but it's actually getting more difficult no. for me to, as we get up.
0: Yeah, no, that down. number one, number two slot is tough to fill. I, don't, I do not envy you in this situation. Envy.
2: Um, <laughs> yes. Well, I can, uh, maybe I can talk about both here, both okay. of these. we got sure. slow jams and peanut butter. I only very recently um, had, had, had really fixated on the natural peanut butter, especially Smucker's Natural, with mm-hmm. salt, creamy. But uh, not so long ago... Uh, maybe even a week ago, I was introduced to what you mentioned that some of these brands that have maybe dropped because the natural peanut butter has become so popular. So brands like Jif and, and Skippy, Peter Pan, and I think it's Skippy in particular have started making natural peanut butters. And one of the ones that I tried, it doesn't separate. Some, it's not hydrogenated at all, mm-hmm. but somehow they've processed it so it doesn't separate. And they say it, it won the chef's choice of best taste. Out of all natural peanut butter, and if anyone knows taste, it's chefs. So if they were to give out an award for taste, I'm I'm buying. I still didn't think. I I personally didn't uh, find it to be as flavorful as Smucker's, though. Interesting, or any other ones that separate. There's something about the separation. And I've I've spent many many afternoons with a jar and a spoon, and would eat an entire jar of peanut butter. My dad has done that. Mm -hmm. Uh, My Sherry's, my fiance, she is. uh, Her dad has eaten peanut butter out of the jar for years and it, it's a it's a it's a meal unto itself that that almost s- disassociates itself from peanut butter being this condiment or something you spread on mm-hmm. it, it's a paste mm-hmm. it's like a porridge you could put it in a bowl and just feed so with that in mind <laughs> feed yeah. i think i will put that at number two
0: okay fair enough I've <gasps> oh, great almost, ranking
2: i almost, I almost was going to say number one but oh man
0: but you just love slow jams so much. Well, here we are, yeah. Here yeah. we are
2: number one slow jams. And and to me, I, just it being music, just it, that, that's the one thing on here that is music, um, makes it sort of easy to put it number one because music has brought me more pleasure in a it's very a, clear way.
1: It's a little different from the genre of music that you yourself produce.
2: Well, that's true. If, if one would say that I've worked in rock music, uh, rock and roll, Slow jams do seem to be a bit on the other end of the spectrum. The, uh, the emotion feels different. than The, the sentiment is, is, is different. But the reaction that I've experienced physically is very similar. Um, there's a lot of joy, I feel like, in the slow jam, which I guess we're defining that as R&B music that's at, set at a tempo almost beneath dancing tempo, right? It's yes. sort of slower than you'd even dance and it's, to.
1: And it's always a, always a love song.
2: Right generally it, it, uh, yeah you're right I've never I was I didn't think of that but I've never heard uh it's
1: once in a while a heartbreak love song but usually uh What about rock together. and roll gangster? Is that a
0: slow jam? <laughs> yeah it's a slow jam it's like a classic slow jam really? right?
1: Really? how does rock and roll gangster go? Uh it's about being a... Just sing it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not prepared to sing, sing Rock and it. Roll gangster. Uh, if you sing Rock and Roll gangster, is, I'll no, say Lay Your Head on My Pillow by Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> there, was, a- there
2: was a station. I'm not sure if this format of radio... You might have a better idea than I do. There used to be a format in, in Michigan that I listened to at night um, when I was much younger in, 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 in school. And I felt very devious to listen to the radio when I was supposed to be going to sleep and there was a show called pillow talk yeah and the the format was based on the guy Welcome to Pillow Talk. <laughs> and he never raised his voice any louder than this. I was fascinated. And I also Sometimes
1: little- sometimes called a between the sheets and sure. they'll and they'll play the Isley Brothers song. There's oh, one that's, that's there's one that's nationally scene. syndicated because there's this format in Oldies, which is like the station that plays that always says like classic R and B plus today's hits. You uh-huh. know, <laughs> like it's the station that you'll hear like let's stay together and you know one Alicia Keys song or whatever. And uh, they often have an, a a night nighttime show, uh-huh. just like the one you're describing to this day. And one of them is a nationally syndicated one hosted by Al B. Sure. Oh, oh, I don't wow. know if you guys remember yeah, yeah, Al yeah. B. Sure yeah. in, in a a effect musician. mode, in effect mode, a kind of an '80s um, '80s R and B songster. And such a great name. One of the dumbest people I've ever heard on uh. the radio, just <laughs> dumb as a rock. <laughs> but it works, you know. Like you don't really have to say anything. It's mellow. Yeah, you just yeah, no, you just have to kind of it, get in there and be like. Hey, we're playing Love Jams on Between the Sheets on 981 Kiss FM. Al B. Shure. Hey, hey, baby, this is Al B. Sure, playing all the Love Jams that you've requested between the sheets. This one's going after Tweety Feeling better Bird already, from man. Big Daddy. You, I think you've
2: got another uh, radio career developing as we speak with uh, your own. Soft talk.
1: It's, yeah. a, it's a popular, it's a popular uh, genre in the Mexican-American community. Uh-huh. Also, sometimes uh, many low-riding oldies are also s- slow jams. Low-riding Low, ride, low rider oh, oldies sure. being They're a, usually bass-heavy, right? Mm-hmm. They usually have a lot of yes, low end. And yes. there's enough
2: space because of the tempo to really let all that low frequency resonate. Exactly. When you said the Isley Brothers, that, that really made me even that much more sure that this was the right choice for me. Because Ron Isley and the Isley Brothers are one of my top uh, top yeah. – songsters and singers and musicians and that makes it this this that much more certain.
1: Jordan, have you ever listened to the Slow Jam station in, in Los Angeles? Yeah,
0: yeah. I was listening to the Slow Jam what station last night. In fact, it's 92.3 I believe. And um, the amazing part of the Slow Jam station is the dedications. There's oh. like all these dedications and there's all these little stories that you can kind of fill in the blanks to. Mm. You know, it's like this one's going out to Big Daddy from Tweety Bird. I never wanted anyone but you. And oh, wow. um but I mean they, they have these little kind of inferences like if I could do it again I'd do it differently. And you're like I wonder what happened oh, so between great. Tweety Bird and Big Daddy, you know, it's and you can kind oh, of create wow. this little story and then, you know, <laughs> And then a song comes I on and you
2: and that so yeah, really draws people in and then it gives all this and then when you then you hear the song and you start to try to apply the lyrics of the song right. to the dedication.
0: It's a kind of rock radio can be kind of anonymous sometimes yeah, or it impersonal
2: sometimes called.
0: Right, yeah, a little bit and and this was kind of a nice antidote to that. It was a uh. nice it really made it seem like a community they played everybody's you know, everybody with their girls getting ready to go out. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're listening that. to 92. You know, it's not something oh, that man. you hear on really alternative rock day. radio too much. Anyways.
1: Yeah. And they, it, 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 a lot of times you'll hear, they'll, they'll play the drops, you know, people calling in. And it always and it's always something that's so sincere. As opposed to the, you know, a lot of the radio drops they play are just like, <laughs> Hey, I love 94.9! You know, that's my party jam! <laughs> 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 or whatever. But it'll always be like, it, it'll always be like... Hey, this is, Chew- this is Chewy from Riverside, and I want to dedicate the song One in a Million You to my girlfriend Sarah because. I'll never do that again, baby. <laughs> I'll never do that. Again. <laughs> or just like whatever, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, like that's like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's one of the only places in commercial radio where you can hear something like that sincere and yeah. like like you don't hear that
0: in the you know like alter adult alternative format <laughs> like baby you know baby I'm sorry I did you wrong here's the replacements. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that is Jordan, Jesse, go for this week. I've been Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I've been
0: Jordan Morris, Boy Detective.
1: Uh, I think we addressed kind of peripherally this issue that we've been talking about, about what makes a Mm grown-up with Andrew. Um, I think we'll address it more directly next week because we've got some really cool calls that I want to get to. We just didn't have time with Andrew. Um, In the meantime, there is on the Maximum Fun Forum Somebody thoughtfully posted up their point system for what merits being a Mm grown-up that involves issues like uh, retirement plan. True love. Uh, True love, I think, is involved there, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, Whether children are something that you will never have, something you're thinking about having, something – that you already have or something that other people have mm-hmm. and you've never considered, that kind of thing. And each has a point value. I, I think that was a really valuable thing, and we can address that more fully next week. Absolutely. In the meantime, here are some action items for you. Uh, number one, uh, what does it mean to be a grown-up? Your pithy answers at 206 for fun
0: uh, should I start playing Xbox online? And uh, in addition to that, which tiny video game system should I buy?
1: Which is the Game Boy Micro mm-hmm. or the Game Boy DS, which has Animal Crossing and Dogs? I feel like I should mention that because one of the games I've come closest to beating in my life <laughs> is Animal Crossing. We, and I got a lot of different fruits. I planted them on my island. And eventually I rowed a boat to another island. And then you sucked a cock
0: <laughs> you're gay.
1: Yes, I also did that. But, you know, to be fair, uh, it wasn't a um, homosexual act because I was represented <laughs> you're by an androgynous a, elf, <laughs> a blue baby elephant or something. <laughs> Um, uh, and of course our continuing action items I'm especially keen to hear From those of you out there Who might have uh, an interpersonal dispute That could be settled by Judge John Hodgman The judge contacted recently And told me that he's opening up his um, his, his What's that called? Chambers. chambers He's opening up his chambers to disputants uh, Once again So if you have uh, a dispute That you think might be settled By Judge John Hodgman Be it large or large or tiny, from the tiniest dispute to the largest, uh, just give us a call at 206-9844-FUN or send us an email at uh, jjgo at org. And all of that having been said, I guess we'll see you next week on Jordan, Jesse, Go. I've been Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I've been Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Our theme music, Love You, is provided by The Free Design and their record label, Light in the Attic Records.